Welcome to Radio Around the World, brought to you by Goethe Institute. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson from Common Ground Berlin. We often associate radio with news and entertainment, but it can also be a very effective tool to win the hearts and minds of listeners in a country where oppression and illiteracy breed deep distrust. It is why after the Taliban were ousted in 2001 that Germany helped create and run a radio network called Sedaya Azadi, or Sound of Freedom, in Afghanistan. It was later renamed Radio Bayan. I spoke with one of the German network's journalists, Kamal Nasser Hamyar. He is 40 and comes from the northeastern Afghan province of Badakhshan. When I started working with uh, radio in Afghanistan, so the media platform was something new for us, not only for me, but for the whole uh, country, for the nation. After a long period of being away from media, so it was really, really a good platform for us to messaging our nation and messaging the people in different parts uh, of community. So when you were younger, though, when you were a child, a teenager at that time, was there radio in Afghanistan? Yes, it was, but uh, it was not like uh, something in FM. It was only one radio all over Afghanistan. So it was broadcasting in our um, native languages. So I was understanding the importance of radio for a country like Afghanistan because uh, the country which is facing lack of or shortage of electricity that the people were not able to have a TV or something else. So radio was the only channel that the people would be receiving news, entertainment and other things. When you were in your house with your family, did you listen to radio in Badakhshan? Uh, absolutely. When I was a kid, my father, who was a little bit educated, and he was a previous uh, government employee. He always, when he was uh, coming at uh, six o'clock in the evening and very early in the morning, he was listening to the news. So it was news. Did you listen to music on the radio or were there programs, other programs? The radios we were listening since I was a kid, it was not something for the local. It was an international uh, uh, radio stations, which were broadcasting for the Persians, for the Farsi speakers. Uh, during the day, we had some uh, kind of uh, entertainment. It's called It was it was really entertaining, you know. So like new house, new life. Exactly. This is this in English, yes. New house, new life. So how did you come to be at Sadaya Azadi and Radio Bayan? Well, uh, before I start with Sadaya Azadi, I worked for one and a half year in Afghanistan radio television. So I was a member of the international news desks for radio television of Afghanistan. And beside of my uh, political science uh, educations, I had... uh, let's say it's not a real scholarship but it was it was a project which was funded by Dechavela Academy in Afghanistan in radio television of Afghanistan and we were a group of people who were eligible and we were trained for eight month journalism in radio television of Afghanistan or RTA and our trainer was German and they trained us in English so the team we were working for the international news desks of RTA, so it was a professional team. It was trained very well. So they all know English. They had good, uh, you know, kind of knowledge of the native languages in Afghanistan. So 
we were the first groups producing news for radio television of Afghanistan. It was all uh, about international news from different news agencies, and we produced it in Dari and Pashto for Afghan nation. So before I started with Sadai Azadi, I was working, it was a background for the, my journalism experiences, and it's related to your questions that how I come to the, the journalism to work here, because I had this training, and then uh, I left uh, Radio Television of Afghanistan in Kabul and went back to Badakhshan, my province. Uh, I worked with other international organizations for a few months and then I joined Radio Sadai Azadi from Badakhshan. Beside the radio they had also uh, newspapers so we were producing some you know articles for the newspapers but later on I start to work with radio. And what did you do on radio? Were you reading the news or were you uh, doing being a disc jockey or what, what was your job? When I was in Badakhshan so we were producing uh, different and various topics. It was culture, it was developments, it was supporting civil societies, it was uh, also educations. So during that time the German uh, government or let's say part of NATO we had PRT or professional reconstruction team in each provinces, not each provinces, but partially. So one of the PRT was based in Faisabad, the central of the province. And I was as a reporter from the province, reporting for Sadai Azadi in uh, Kabul. We were covering culturals, history, developments, civil society, education, women and girls' rights. And did the signal go everywhere in Badakhshan? I mean, was it throughout the province? Um, not all over the province, but in the center of the province, yes. Even the uh, neighbor villages to the center, so it has a good impact because people were listening it because of having different, uh, let's say, it has newses, entertainments, musics, and other program as well. Did people respect it? I mean, or were they suspicious because NATO was running this, you know, radio station or funding this radio station? Did people like it or were they suspicious? Well, um, it depends to the areas. Uh, as far as I worked for Sadai Azadi for almost two years in Banakshan, uh, I didn't have that feeling. At the beginning, yes, people was a little bit thinking a little bit different that it's something belongs to foreigners, it's something belongs to other countries. But basically, the products were broadcasting through the channel. It was convincing people. So later on, after the 2010 and 2012 and 2013, when I back to Banakshan, I, I see a different uh, perspectives or a different understanding of the people, what they were hearing from radio and the good thing for Sadai Azadi it was the frequencies was very easily accessed to people listening from vehicles from their you know cars and sometimes even I had uh, listened my reports through uh, sitting in a taxi and it was something different feelings as well did people recognize your voice let's say if you took a taxi or like <coughs> oh we know you we've heard you on the air not generally, yeah, but some, yeah, because uh, Faisabad is not a big city. It's covered by mountains and a river and to divide it by two parts. But uh, yes, uh, based on my backgrounds, so yes. But basically due to security issues, we all the time were said that, please, 
avoid to tell or introduce yourselves that you were working for NATO. And sometimes Sadai Azadi was mixed with another name, was together, so people were not, you know, understanding the differences between two names, Sadai Azadi. It was some other radio station as well, so... Radio Azadi instead of Radio Azadi and Sadai yes, Azadi. Right, so okay. people was not uh, too much, you know, to understand or separate it. It's something different. But it was a good coverage as well for us. So then you came back to Kabul, though, to work for Radio Bayan? Absolutely. I uh, Even when it was uh, Radio Bayan, I moved to Kabul. So the, the position I worked for Radio Azadi in Badakhshan was uh, finished. It's kind of organizational decisions. And they asked me to join them in Kabul. But before I joined to uh, Radio Sadai Azadi, they selected me as a TV journalist. Because beside of radio magazines, so we also had a TV production, let's say. So because the TV production or the TV section was producing messages in order to support the Afghan national armies and militaries and so on. And I worked for almost one year with TV and then I moved to uh, Radio Bayan. And what did you do for Radio Bayan? At the beginning, when I started, I was uh, producing cultural uh, packages uh, for radio. I introduced it many, many uh, historical places of Kabuls for the nations. So my packages was part of a show. So it was broadcasting through a show. And later on, so the, the management decided to keep me as a coordinator and supportive to the chief editors for the radio in Kabul. So you weren't on air anymore? Uh, I did uh, reading news, I read packages, and I was uh, hosting guests for the shoes, different things, and then they said, yeah, so we need you to coordinate the whole radio with us. So, Because mainly our colleagues were internationals, and so from Afghan side, I was summoned to lead the radio together with my international colleagues. So when did you stop working for Radio Bayan? Uh, I stopped working with Radio Bayan um, December 2016. And I ended my journey with radio. I was a little bit interested to work for the Afghan government. So I joined the presidential palace and I work as a chief of staff for the senior advisory of president on United Nations Affairs. And I continued there for one and a half year, and then I left. I couldn't find myself in an area like Presidential Palace, which is full of politics and playing in games. And then I decided that it's better for my careers to, before something happened, to leave it. And then I, uh, I left the palace, and then I joined to the independent elections as advisors to the chairwomen of the IEC, or Independent Election Commission of Afghanistan. So it was continuing up to the 2019 election, and then I lived as well there. And then recently, before the Taliban came, I was an advisor to the Ministry of Peace, and I worked there almost for eight months. Ministry the of Peace? Yeah, Ministry yeah. of Peace, yeah. And then what happened? The Taliban came, and it was so fast. It happened so fast. Absolutely. Uh, we had two meetings with the minister together with uh, some uh, other government entities. We had this 
peace consuls, which was leading by Dr. Abdullah Abdullah. So we had two meetings in the afternoons. We were preparing ourselves for the meeting together in the ministry office. So it was around 11 o'clock or something. Then we heard some kind of gangs, shooting and things like that. And then actually we were in a place or we were in a ministry which we were facilitating all peace negotiations but we were not aware what's coming and it was a big shock and it was around 12 that everyone left offices especially the high people who work for those different positions in the ministries deputies you know uh, directorates and advisor or lift and the minister was in Doha and we received the call that you have to leave the office. So I left my laptop, everything, whatever I had in my desk. And my wife, she was a university lecturer. She has a master's degree in Turkish literature, and she was at the university. And then I called her, and she was the same situations. And we called everyone who were outside to come back home. We were totally afraid. We were scared, and so we had no idea. Even until uh, the afternoon, so we were not expecting having Taliban to take all over the country, especially the capital, Kabul. And yeah, uh, we all come back home and we stay at home. So what was the day when this it was, was the fifteen uh, August? So you went sure. home and then what? And then we all stay and then I start connecting and communicating with other family friends. It, it was a day that most of the country was under Taliban control. I had no idea what to do. I have seen that the international forces were all in uh, Kabul airport. And I talked with friends to find a way that leave the country. And it was absolutely very, very dangerous. And even I, I, I couldn't you know, think to, let's say, step away from my door. Uh, I just stay at home. So how did you get out of Afghanistan? Did the Germans evacuate you or who evacuated Yeah, for the evacuation, so I, I, I trace several sources, even with my American colleagues and other. And I stay for three months in Kabul. Three and months after the Taliban yeah, took over. Absolutely, and I was changing my locations. Um, so usually I was staying in basements and changing my houses. So staying with relatives, especially when it's dark during the night. And it was very difficult to walk on streets. Personally, for me, it was very tough because of my informations, my background, especially for NATO, for the presidential palace, with the ministries, and, and so on. So, Did you listen to radio or to TV to, I, to figure I, out what was going on? Absolutely. I was access to the internet. So I had internet at home, and the whole day and night, I, so whenever I'm at home, so I just maybe uh, let's say if it's not an exaggeration hundreds hundreds emails i was writing during the day to find a way to leave or to flee the country so during this three months i was uh, communicating because recently i had a project with the uh, german was uh, there was a media center in mazari sharif i was a legion officer for them and the contract was from the German military from Mazari Sharif. So uh, there was three military advisor for these media centers, and I contact them 
they were not in Afghanistan on that time. And then they said, so wait and we will keep you in list. And finally they did it. So you went to Kabul airport with your family? Yes. Um, it was an afternoon. It was 26th of November. So I had a laptop. I had my smartphones and whatever I had, which was connected in. Actually, I uh, I had deleted everything I had on my smartphone and my laptop. Including and all of your radio stories, all, everything. All, all, everything, whatever I had. So it was, I feel that it's danger if they find it. So then I deleted all. And I gave my smartphones and my laptop to my wife. And we passed with some other families. They were accompanying us to the, uh, some... I think to the second uh, gate. Second checkpoint at the airport. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And we have seen Taliban there as well. So with long hair, with absolutely different. Was this a German flight or what kind of flight? was? No, it was a private flight. Mm. Yeah. When I arrived in Pakistan, so because I had communicated with the GIZA, it was an organization which was facilitating all people who are eligible for receiving a um, immigration visa so uh, i stay for 13 to 15 days if i'm not wrong in islamabad and we waited for our visa for biometrics for flights and then we flee from islamabad to leipzig airport and you ended up in munich for in the refugee camp for six months yes i stay with my family for six months in a camp I'm very thankful for my German colleagues because uh, they also had a group for Afghans who flee from Afghanistan to Germany. And they had groups of volunteers helping them in terms of administrations, finding house, you know, processing all these documentations and paperwork here. And luckily, I had a man who worked for 10 years with the German Minister of Defense, but he was retired. So I found him through that group of uh, German soldiers who were supporting Afghans who were newly arrived in Germany. And I moved from camp last July to here, to, to, to this flat. So uh, July 2022. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And what do you do now? Do you still do radio work? No. For the first six months up to, let's say, 10 months. So I waited for to start my German classes, German language classes. And I did study it. And still I'm continuing to, to study to complete my German skills languages. And uh, in terms of my profession, it's... Uh, this is what I feel, but this is also a reality that it's not easy to go back to work for Radius because it's not Afghanistan, it's Germany. Germany has its own standards and uh, beside the standards of journalism, it's, it could be not that much big deal, but uh, in terms of doing something for a community, the, the knowledge and the skills of the language is the most important to do that work here. Do you miss doing radio? Absolutely. What do you miss about it? Well, when I worked for uh, Radio Bayan in Kabul, so it was a big community. I was reaching out 
from one province to another provinces of Afghanistan. I was listening to every individual packages or reports which we were receiving from different provinces of Afghanistan. So sometimes it was very tough, sometimes it was very joyful. And I learned a lot. Afghanistan is a traditional country, but one part to another part is different. Yeah, it was, it was so, absolutely different. So do you think radio was a really good way to bridge that gap, to bridge all these divisions, different languages, different cultures, different geographic locations? Was radio the best way in Afghanistan, you think, absolutely. to bring people together? Absolutely, because radio was a really, really easy platform for our nations to access for information. And uh, the way we work for Bayan, it was not only news. So we were even educating people. We were messaging people that you have to stand with your kids, with your daughters, with your sisters, mothers, to be educated. We were messaging our nations that how it is important for them to support their national forces. Uh, we were messaging that how bad Taliban is for their kids' futures how bad Taliban are for their economies, how bad they are for their educations. And even we had service to have different uh, understanding of our audiences. And we, we had really, you know, sometimes surprising uh, feedbacks. It was not Tulu, it was not some other free media, but the context of Bayan was really promoting and educating peoples because Afghanistan, after long time, having a broken systems, a corrupted systems, even we were educating people that how they can help the government in terms of not eradicating, but reducing corruptions. So what I believe, yeah, Radio Bayon was a good stage for educating, for messaging peoples to direct them in the right way for their kids' future, for their country's future. That was Kamal Nasser Hamyar, a former radio journalist from Afghanistan who lives outside Munich with his wife and two daughters. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson of Common Ground Berlin, and thank you for listening. Radio Around the World is brought to you by the Goethe Institute. Thank you to all of our friends and partners for making this series possible. 